Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Steve at the Wilton Baptist Church coming to you from the top of Wilton Baptist Church Mountain. And so we're blessed to be up here. I'm at one of our two campsites that we already have and we're praying and uh, saving so that we can install a couple more campsites that our church family can use and also we can use for special events. I'd love to see us have another father-son event, maybe something like that here and some other good men's events. You may see some bugs flying around me right now. You get the full effect of nature here. It's a beautiful morning as I'm recording this. You can see the eastern sun there in the background coming up. Hope you're doing well today. Looking forward to our study. We are in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's be praying for our scattered groups. Let's pray for one another. Also for the church gathered as we meet on Sunday mornings. And uh, let's pray for folks to come back. Let's pray for our visitors to return, church family to be in their place, to uh, serve the Lord, to worship God together with us. And I hope to see you this Sunday at 10 o'clock in person or right here online as well. So let's go ahead and pray at this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to meet in our small groups. We pray that you would encourage each one uh, that's watching, whether that's, that's in the scattered group or by themselves or with their family. We pray you teach us your word and help us to be good soldiers exhibiting the grace of God in our daily lives. Lord, we ask you to continue to bless our church. We thank you for the good report from teenagers at camp. We pray for good spiritual formation in our young people with uh, kids' life and Awana starting in the fall. And we pray for a good summer season as uh, people are traveling. We pray for safety. And we look forward to how you'll continue to grow and shape and make us into the church and into the people you want us to be. So we ask for your help now as we open the scriptures. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for praying for me as well. And I had a couple of different oral dental surgeries. Uh, one was on this side, then a few days later on this side here, and there's still some recovery happening. So I'll try to articulate the best as possible. And so uh, try to listen real good. Also with the scattered groups, let me encourage you with a few ideas. Be considerate of others. When it comes to conversation time at the end of this uh, session, please hit pause and then you can answer those questions, but be considerate of others. Be sure to be a good listener. Communication is a two-way street, and talking is not all just talking, it's actually listening as well. And we want everyone to feel like they are able to speak and also have an opportunity to contribute to the conversation. But you know, there's always gonna be sometimes the potential for someone to monopolize the time. So let me encourage you to just share one or two stories. Don't feel like you have to answer every question out loud. Now, that's not to freeze up the conversation uh, in your session tonight. So make sure that uh, the conversation is flowing, that everyone gets to be heard, and that uh, you're not the one talking the whole time. Now, scattered group leaders and hosts feel free, and it's okay to say, all right, that's a great story, let's go on to the next thing. Or let's hear what somebody else has to say about this. It's all right to do that as well. We want to keep the thing, uh, this, this conversation moving along in a good manner, a healthy manner. Uh, also, uh, after a few weeks, you'll have a good routine. You know, you'll figure out each other's personalities. You'll be able to uh, know, hey, I'm talking too much, or I need to go ahead and share something now. And you'll kind of feel that out as you go, and it'll come more natural in a few weeks to you. So let me encourage you with that. Also, after watching the uh, message here, be sure to turn all your chairs around. If you had to move them around to be able to see the screen, um, turn your chairs around so you can face each other and engage in good, healthy 
conversation. And then, of course, take some time at the end to collect those prayer requests and then to send those to our church secretary, info at wiltonbaptistchurch.com. I was glad to see the request that came in last week. If you didn't receive those by email, make sure that we have you on our church email list. All right, so 2 Timothy chapter 1, we'll be looking at verses 3 through 7. Have you ever been afraid? I mean, terrified? Really fearful? One time my family was camping up here on this very mountain and uh, everyone thought they heard a bear and a bear in the night was kind of rustling things around. We had a little puppy dog with us and anyway the next morning we found evidence that there was a bear up here and I was just like don't worry about it and roll over and go to sleep. But have you ever been terrified? Uh, I'm afraid sometimes. But let me ask you this, is there a difference between moments where we're terrified and afraid and then living in consistent and continual fear? There's a big difference if you're always fearful or if there are times when you are afraid. There's things that I'm afraid of and so I'm speaking to myself just as much as to you and what Paul tells Timothy is going to be a great help to everyone here that listens to this message. It was Paul Turnier, I think he was a um, a well-known businessman, he said if there had been no fear of failure neither there be any joy of success. So if you're not afraid of failing, then uh, if, if you have a fear of failing, how can you have a joy and success? I like that, that, uh, that idea there. Another person said, we crucify ourselves between two thieves, regret for yesterday and fear of tomorrow. We don't want to live like that. The remarkable thing about fearing God, Oswald Chambers said, is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. And Mark Twain was right when he said, Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not the absence of fear. All of us will be afraid at moments in our life, and that's all right. That's all right. How you deal with it is either healthy or unhealthy. It's either right or it's wrong. And Paul tells Timothy how he can handle fear in his life. And you see these bugs flying all around me here. I should have bug sprayed up for this lesson. But let's find our passage here in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and there's some familiar verses that may be well known to you perhaps I thank God in verse 3 whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day now, I see a very generational idea here uh, Paul said I serve God just like my forefathers did and serving with a pure heart. Now it's interesting, isn't it? Paul is a convert to Christianity and he considered his Judaic fathers as worshiping the one true God. Isn't that amazing? We serve Jehovah Jireh just like the Old Testament. We know God as the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course he's three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so he served God with a pure conscience. And then he goes on to say, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwell first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Soldiers of grace 
live with faith, not fear. Paul is very affectionate in his words to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, my beloved son in the faith. And they were close companions. They were not afraid to talk about spiritual matters or talk about uh, personal struggles that they dealt with. And Paul is very much encouraging and strengthening Timothy in his resolve and in his service to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was thinking back to the last time they'd seen each other. And uh, he's talked about tears. And he says, he's thinking about the tears that he saw. I recall the tears. Maybe when they left, they hugged each other, were crying because they knew they were going to be apart for a long time. Remember, this is Paul's last words to Timothy. He's writing the letter. I'd love to be with you. I'd love to see you. But Paul can't go to where he's at because Paul's in a prison under the sentence of death by the emperor Nero. He's very tender. He's very sensitive. He offers uh, very much uh, personal and, and great encouragement. And uh, he had left Timothy alone, perhaps. Maybe it was, it was Timothy. We believe he's in Ephesus right now, the city of Ephesus. And Timothy's a pastor of a church in Ephesus there. And it's like a father to a son, a mentor to his disciple, a disciple to a disciple. A discipler to a disciple, and he's he's very much positive and encouraging. Here's how to be ready in the last days. Here's how to be ready with the struggles, and you're going to fight a good fight of faith, and you want a war as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now it's not a physical battle that we're talking about, but the spiritual battles that we face because we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, he says, I would be full of joy right now. If I could see you face to face, if we could be able to see each other once again, that'd be joyful. And as he thinks about Timothy, he's very joyful with the prospects of how Timothy is serving the Lord. And notice what he says in verse 7. And the key uh, to understanding this section of Scripture is to understand this word fear. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Now the word fear here means timidity, means cowardice. Timothy, you are not to be a coward. Don't be a coward. Now, are there times where he's going to be afraid or fearful? Yes, but he's not living as a constant coward and in timidity and great fearfulness. God's not given us the spirit of fear or of cowardice. No soldier, no soldier wants to be convicted of dereliction of duty. No sailor or airman or soldier or corpsman or marine wants to be known as a coward or timid. No, none of them want that. Timothy, you're a soldier. Don't live in fear. Now, there'll be times of fear, but we're not constantly living lives of fearfulness. I think about dealing with fear. Fear is natural. Fear is natural. How you deal with it makes all the difference in the world. And it makes a difference in how you'll serve God and how you'll be faithful to God and how you would interact with other soldiers, other fellow Christians as we live life together. Well, courageous people face their fear. Courageous people face their fear. Christian people face their fear with faith. And there is a big difference. I hope that you are a courageous Christian who is confronting and facing whatever it is you fear with great faith. Well, soldiers of grace live faithfully, not fearfully. Let's take some time to highlight a few of these truths, beginning with the first one. Remember your heritage. Remember your heritage. Now, there's great 
generational implications to what we're about to read. Paul's forefathers served Jehovah God. Paul said, I'm serving God as well. As a convert to Christianity, he was serving God with a pure conscience. He said, when I turned around from Judaism, I did not miss anything. I, in fact, found everything, and I am still serving God with a pure conscience. So, I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers, with pure conscience. That means a clean conscience, a clear conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. So he was constantly and consistently praying for Timothy. Is there somebody in your life that you pray for every day? Now, this doesn't imply that Paul never slept, or he never was able to do anything else but, but pray. But we are to pray without ceasing. And we should be praying for one another. I hope that you're praying for those in your scatter group. I hope that you're praying for those in your church, your church, the deacons, the pastors. Uh, we all need your prayer. And we need to be praying for you and praying for one another. Well, he was praying for Timothy, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance. So he's going to be filled with joy when he remembers Timothy and the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Paul was overjoyed. He was very happy when he thought about Timothy and when he remembered Timothy's faith, his strong faith. And Timothy had a heritage of faith. It went back two generations, his mother and his grandmother. Now, Timothy is is probably uh, a Hellenistic Jew. His father is not mentioned. Uh, his name indicates he's probably has a Gentile background. So maybe the parents are Jewish or the mother is Jewish or the grandmother's Jewish and the uh, father of Timothy would be a Greek. Uh, that's kind of the speculation, the idea that we get from the names that they have. And so he says, uh, you, have a, you have a heritage here. You had a grandmother who loved you and brought you to Christ and a mother who loved you and brought you to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And isn't this interesting that Paul sees Timothy as his own son in the faith. It was probable, it's very probable, that when Paul came through Ephesus on his missionary journeys, that uh, his mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice, said, let's go see Paul. Let's hear the preaching. Let's go to church today. And that left a big impact. Let me encourage you, parents, they're, they're on, on worship days, times when we gather for worship, Make sure that your kids know that meeting with God is most important. There's a lot of things that come up. We get sick, there's business trips, there's vacations, there's nice days that we could do other things. You know, I'm just busy with my schedule. Make sure, make sure that you give your kids a Christian heritage, that they see you, that they hear you talking about the Bible. That's one reason I love these uh, intergenerational scatter groups is that uh, the kids get to see the parents pray. They get to hear them talk about the scriptures. And so I encourage you to get involved in a way like this. But they need to see that. And he says, I saw that faith in your mother and, and grandmother, Lois and Eunice, and I see that faith in you. And Paul said, that brings some cheer, cheerfulness to me. That brings me some joy. So remember your heritage. When did you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior? Did you have someone that shared the gospel with you? Did you have a parent or a loved one? Did you have a mentor or a teacher or just somebody? Well, that's your heritage. And maybe you're a first-generation Christian or a second-generation Christian or a third-generation Christian. Praise God for that. Don't turn your back on that. Too many 
kids are walking away from the faith. Well, we need to remember our heritage. And it's not just the tradition like, hey, this is the way that we do things, or this is the way that we do church, and the way that they do church is wrong because we do church this way. No, it's nothing to do with that. Your faith has nothing to do with that. Your faith is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We serve a living God. And uh, then how you practice that faith. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to be devoted to the Bible. I'm going to be devoted to the Scriptures. I'm going to study the Word. I'm going to worship with other believers. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to find a way to use my spiritual gift. That's all part of your worship to God. And that's all part of your faith in action. So remember your heritage. Then in verse 6, he says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. We're going to call this rekindling your faith. Now behind me over here is the fire pit. And I meant to bring a little striker. I have a little flint striker that uh, we enjoy using to start a fire. And so uh, rekindling a fire, what, what is he talking about here? Stir up the gift has to do with stirring up a fire. It's the same terminology for stirring up a fire. So if you have a fire going, you have some coals, it starts to, starts to die down, and you go stir it up. You take a little uh, a stick or a piece of metal or a tong or something, and you start to move those, those coals around to rekindle the flame, to keep it lit, to keep things on fire for God. That's what he's talking about. And he says to stir up the gift of God. Timothy, as a Christian... You need to stir up the gift of God. You know, before MREs, Meals Ready to Eat, soldiers had to fend for their own food many times, especially early wars in history. And you have uh, soldiers foraging, you have soldiers stealing food, you have them looking for food, people go out fishing and hunting, trying to find food, and they would, they would have to start a fire to cook that food, to heat that food up. And they would get that fire lit and sometimes if you ever do anything outdoors sometimes it's hard to keep that fire going especially if you have some damp wood or not very much kindling to get it started you know a lot of Christians have a lot of damp wood and they're not kindling the fire they're not keeping the flame alive their passion for God their zeal for God their enthusiasm for the things of God uh, their involvement their investment in church and in doing Bible things and Christian things and talking about Christianity and talking about Jesus is kind of diminished and their flames going down and a lot of it has to do with they're not stirring up the gift of God in other words they're not serving God they're not using their spiritual gift they're not finding outlets to share the gospel and to invest in others and to disciple and mentor others in the Christian faith. Well, there's some basic steps for keeping any fire going, and the same would be for the flame of faith. Notice here, as one person commented, that Paul admonishes Timothy to stir up the gift of God which is in thee. This man had a gift, and Paul urges Timothy to stir up that gift. What would indicate? Uh, what would that indicate to you, is the question. I wonder if Paul was concerned about Timothy there in Ephesus. Ephesus housed the Temple of Diana, one of the great sin spots in the Roman world. And Paul had spent three years there in, in Ephesus. He knew what it was like and the temptations that were there and the uh, spiritual oppression that he would find himself in. And so he says, stir up the gift of God. As uh, this commenter continues, I wonder if he was afraid that Timothy might be reluctant and hold back from teaching the whole counsel of God. 
Well, I'm sure that's a temptation for all of us whenever it comes to talking to people about our faith, where, well, I, they're like this and they believe that, so I, I'm going to refrain from talking about Jesus because I'm, a, I'm afraid. Remember, God's not given us the spirit of fear, timidity, cowardice. No. No, we don't have that. That's not from God. No, we don't have that. A gift from God, probably a spiritual gift for serving the Lord. Notice it's a gift from the Spirit of God. This is something that God, His Holy Spirit, has given. So this comes at the moment of salvation, the spiritual gifts do. Of course, salvation itself is a gift from God. And then when the Holy Spirit enters into the Christian, He indwells in that person and He gives them a spiritual gift. Friends, find your gift and use it. Get the spiritual gift test. It's in our lobby. Let's talk if you want to find uh, your spiritual gift. We'll help you find it and find ways to use it then for the Lord. So... Think about this, 1 Timothy 4, verse 14, his first letter to Timothy, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. So when other pastors came, other preachers of the gospel came, they laid hands on Timothy, they were commissioning him, they were, were ordaining him to gospel ministry. Paul says, don't forget that. God has given you a spiritual gift use it. Well, in, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul told the Thessalonian Christians in chapter 5, verse 19, quench not the Spirit. Isn't this interesting? We're talking about rekindling our faith, quench not the Spirit. Quench means to put water on it, to, to start to try to put the fire out. Christians, don't put the fire out. Kindle up those coals. Move those coals around. Stir up. Stir up those coals of faith to rekindle your faith and your devotion to the Lord. Then number three, reaffirm your faith. Verse seven, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear or cowardice, the word delia, delia refers to this cowardice and it has to do with a lack of moral strength. There's a, a lack of morals in our world today. And the more we are living in this world, we're not of this world, but the greater the possibility as you look around that your morality is also going to diminish. That your choosing right from wrong is going to be challenged on a daily basis. Timothy may have been fearful to fulfill his duties and Paul was trying to circumvent, to prevent a, a timidity in Timothy. No, we don't have a timidity. Don't be a coward, Timothy. Have some power and love and a sound of mind. And that's how we serve God today. There's going to be false teachers. There's going to be people that, that equate political things with spiritual things and medical things with spiritual things. And they'll try to change morality and even sometimes use the Bible to change their morality. And, and they have a misinterpretation or misapplication of scriptures. Uh, Paul said, Timothy, don't be a coward in these days that we're living in. There's power to perform the duties of a soldier. You have the power of God to be the Christian that God has called you to be. Be all that you can be, like the uh, slogan goes. Well, God can help you with that, and you can be the soldier, the Christian, the, the disciple, the follower of Christ that God's called you to be the, because of the power of God. How about this? We can love. Love is a great motivation, isn't it? Love is blind. Sometimes you hear that statement. Well, love is our motivation for serving God. We love Him because He first loved us. And that's our motivation for 
for service. It's not I have to be a soldier and I have to read the Bible and I have to go to church and I have to pray. No, we get to. We get to walk with God. And then with a sound mind, to be disciplined, to be a good soldier. Sound mind has to do with the teaching of morality or moderation. The sound mind, the word sound there means discipline. Discipline. In other words, God does not intend defeat that uh, we should uh, live in a defeated way. That should not be the normal in the Christian life. Just constantly defeat. Are there going to be times of fear? Yes. Battles that we fail in and, and lose? Yes. But we're not constantly living in fear and defeat. We should be disciplined. Christians are disciplined rather than slaves to our emotions. We are all moved by our emotions, but there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. With God's help, just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Friends, take the next step with some personal discipline, some Bible godly discipline in your life. Don't let your emotions control you. Don't let fear and cowardice control you. No, let faith be in control. Emotional self-control. Where are most battles won or lost? Where are they most, mostly won or lost? If you talk to basketball coaches, they'll say it's mostly in the mind. Talk to great baseball players, and some even without the best athletic ability, they would win or lose in their mind. And how are they going to see the pitch? And they're already talking and thinking through how are they going to play the game? And, uh, you know, am I good enough or not? Oh, no, that shouldn't be the question. Am I available or not? Uh, that shouldn't be the question. Am I going to uh, do well today or not? That shouldn't be the question. Or it really should be, am I going to do my best? Am I going to allow the Spirit of God to fill me and control me today? Am I going to follow the Lord's plan for my life today? Those are better questions. Where's all that found in your mind, in the direction of your heart, in how you're thinking about your walk with the Lord. Most battles are won or lost in the mind. Men, ladies, kids, teenagers, tweeners, and young adults, it's right here. That's why it's so important to remember we're not living by fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Paul goes on in the next few chapters to talk about the spiritual battles and the authority of Scripture. Friends, we need more Bible in our life. We need to meditate, dwell on, think about the Scripture. So, hey, today, read the Scriptures. Tomorrow morning, read the Scriptures. Every time there's a service opportunity for uh, being discipled or mentored and you, you being a part of that, like in church and scattered groups, be a part of that. Be a part of that. Ladies' Bible studies, the men's Bible studies, be a part of that to keep your mind in the game, to keep your mind focused on where it needs to be for the battles that you'll face each day. So we don't need to live in constant fear. Will there be times you're afraid? Yes, but I've got good news for you. Jesus is always with us. In Isaiah, here's a promise to Isaiah. Fear not thou, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You gotta love that. But it goes even better for us here in the New Testament era, in this age of grace, because Jesus said this in Hebrews, let your conversation, that's your lifestyle, be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13.5 Soldiers of grace live faithfully, not fearfully. Courageous people face their fear. Courageous Christians, they face their fear with faith.